Periods, sexcapades, women's rights, sexual health. Whatever flavor of taboo you're looking for, we've got it. We discuss topics that matter to women raised in Asia. Sometimes tongue-in-cheek, sometimes heavy, but 100% real. To all our sisters looking to explore issues close to home, this podcast is for you. I'm Maria. And I'm Cynthia. And this is That's That's What She Said Asia. Hi everyone, Um, I'm Maria and I'm Cynthia and this is our second episode of That's What She Said Asia. Finally, it has been delayed (laughs) for a while because we've both been busy with our full-time jobs and also recovering from getting sick. But we're here now and uh, today we're going to be talking about the female genitals. Um, and so this episode is being recorded through our perspectives and, and as cis women, we are not very experienced when it comes to non-heteronormative experiences. And we'd love to hear, you know, if you have, you know, different experiences from ours, yeah. definitely. Um, so getting into it, um, the female genitals, have you ever looked at your own genitals and, you know, not like just glanced at it, you know, um, you know, seeing your pubic hair, and that's that's it. Um, that's not really having a look at your genitals. Like, have you had a really good look at it? And do you know exactly what they look like and understand its anatomy and, you know, the functions of, you know, certain parts of your, you know, genitals? Um, did you know that some female genital, genitals never had a hymen? Do you know what happens to your genitals when they're aroused or when you climax? Do you know if you've even had female circumcision before? Because I, I think, because um, uh, we're doing a survey right now and, you know, some results are coming in and we've seen that some people don't know whether they've actually had female circumcision before. So mm-hmm. I think it's really good to have a look at, um, at your genitals and, 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 you know, find out what's normal for you. It's important to understand your female genitals because knowing what's normal for you will help you identify any changes or abnormalities that may occur later on and by normal we mean healthy so for example if you find a genital cyst or you have some weird discharge then you should take that as signals for you to get checked out um, by your gynecologist so without further ado this um, episode we're going to help you to navigate your female genitals right so what is normal Uh, Before we get into it, we need to address the myth that all female genitals look alike. They don't. Um, In fact, not everyone's genitals look alike. Um, At at least not from what I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, male, female. I mean, we've seen different types of penises out there, right? So different shapes, sizes, tomato size, mushroom size. Yeah, well, I've also looked at mine. I've also seen, you know, what's in porn or whatever. Even in movies, actually, sometimes. And, so, and they all look different. Yeah, absolutely. So don't think that yours is strange. Yeah. So don't be weirded out if your genitals don't look the same as everyone else's or someone else's. Um, and, and, you know, some people are born without a hymen. So when a lot of Asian cultures rely on the hymen to indicate whether someone is a virgin or not, they have incredibly outdated knowledge of the female genital anatomy and need some serious education ASAP. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think that's... that's Probably going to be another topic. Definitely, uh, you know, like about sex virginity. ed, virginity, myths, and all that stuff. Yeah. So the color, shape, and size of female genitals vary with each individual as much as the appearance of other body parts, right? 
there is a wide range of what is considered normal and observing your own body will help you understand what is normal for you. Um, like, I used to think there was something wrong with me because my bikini area is darker compared to what I see in porn, but yeah, that's fine. I, I, I thought that I thought that, that was not normal. I thought that it's supposed to be nice and fair and pretty looking <laughs> <laughs> or pink. But it's yeah, not. but we're not yeah. we're not you know, we're not um, <laughs> those white chicks in the porn movies with different skin tones. Yeah. Yeah. We we all have different looking Adults. Yeah, so getting into the anatomy, okay, so uh, we're going to share uh, an article on, on this as well, uh, so you'll be, be able to see the diagram that we're going to kind of briefly explain right now. Um, so we won't also be going into all the different parts of the female genital anatomy because that's, you know, we're just going to focus on the more important ones. Um, but basically, you know, you have the clitoris, you have the urethra, you have, you know, your glands, um, you have the labia majora, or some people labia. say labia majora, I don't know, I pronounce it differently. Yeah. <laughs> and you have the labia majora. lips. Yes, yes, so labia <laughs> and lips, right? So lips down there. Um, you have the introitus, um, and then you have the perineum and the anus. Um, they're not part of your... Um, yeah, but just have a look at it, like, you know, try to have a feel and and see where they are, what they, what they look like. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, just understand it better. Um, so here's a suggestion for you as well, like, if you haven't had a good look at your genitals before, you can do this, you know, while you're listening to us, uh, we would recommend, <laughs> if you can, take your under off, underwear off somewhere private obviously um get comfortable and take a mirror to observe your genitals um and you know maybe if you don't take a mirror maybe you can also take a photo um with your phone just make sure you delete it later you know just in case uh, you don't want to be open up your gallery in front of friends and then suddenly there's a photo <laughs> of a vagina or your vulva you know uh, that's like what the fuck <laughs> or you can use those mirrors um you know those makeup mirrors um that have that zoom in effect where you can see all your pores, so you can use that as uh, well. Yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, super helpful. Um, but yeah, so first, uh, like, so going into it, um, first you will see the external parts of genitals, uh, which is called your vulva. Okay, and people often refer to the entire female genital region that's between the legs as a vagina, but this is incorrect. Uh, don't worry though, um, you know, we know what you mean, it's a common word that people use, so don't stress yourself out by getting it right. Um, your vulva connects to the vagina, which is also known as the birth canal, which is inside your body, okay? Um, and only the vaginal opening, which is called the introitus, can be seen from the outside. Um, the top of the birth canal is connected to the cervix, and on top of that, is the uterus and for what goes beyond the uterus we'd rather save this for another time as it goes into reproductive anatomy um, and to, for today's episode we're just going to be covering the genitals that react to arousal and orgasm. Okay now the most important part of the vulva and most crucial to your sexual pleasure is the clitoris or also known as clit uh, which is covered by a clitoral hood or also known as glans clitoris the glands is sometimes mistaken as the clitoris itself, but it's, but it's actually the hood that protects it. And why does it need protection? 
The clip contains around 8,000 sensory nerve endings, which is double the nerve endings in the glands of a penis. Ah. So you really don't want such a sensitive part of your genitals to be fully exposed. And the clitoris is the only organ in the body with the sole purpose of providing pleasure. And that's not all. The bean is an erogenous zone that goes beyond its 8,000 sensory nerve endings. The sensations felt at the tiny pleasure center spread to 15,000 other nerves in the pelvis, which explains why it sometimes, feel like, um, sometimes feels like the whole body is being taken over during an orgasm. And, and what's important to note here is that the clip varies in appearance and sensitivity for different women. Some are hidden under the hood. Some stick out. Some need a soft touch. Some need a bit more pressure. And every clip is different. And if you're like some women, who grew up in certain communities, you might have been circumcised, um, which is a harmful practice to sort of control over women's bodies and sexuality. But we'll talk about that another day. Also, the clit is only partially visible and is around four inches in length. So, like we said, like you know, if you can have a look right now or, or when when it's convenient for you, just feel it, touch it, look at it, and you will see that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's almost like an average non-erect penis, but three quarters of it are actually hidden from view within a female's body. So it actually is shaped sort of like a wishbone, but you only see the, the tip, which is um, or what, which is what's outside. And what lies beneath is an amazing buried treasure. Here are some other fun clip facts. Number one, the clip is the only part of the human body that never ages. So even if you're 70, if you're 80, if you're 90, it looks and works the same way as a you know, 20 year old version. Clips range from 7 to 12 centimeters in length, um, which is funny actually because when you look at it, it doesn't look like it, right? When not aroused, the arms or the corporal cavernosa, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. Yeah, that's the wishbone area that we're right? talking about. And yeah. that part um, extends straight out towards the thighs. And number three, the clip actually keeps growing. It could be 2.5 times as big in your old age as it is in your teens. Yeah, so I wonder like as we get older, like when we're in granny age, like would we have better orgasms than we do now? I hope that so. That would be interesting. <laughs> I hope we do. <laughs> and I hope we still have sex as well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you should like, listeners out there, like if you have brannies that are still alive and open to having these kind of conversations, ask them. Like, we, yeah. We'd love to hear what they have to say about what it is like now having an orgasm compared to when they were younger. Yeah. Okay, so next, after the clit, and we had so much to say about it because it's super important, um, we're going to cover the vagina, the cervix, and the uterus. So we decided to combine these three parts of the anatomy together as they are the main internal parts of the female genitals that respond to sexual stimulation. These parts change during sex, they change throughout the menstrual cycle, and they change with age and at different life stages. So, by the way, the actual vagina has almost no sensation at all. Why? Can you imagine giving birth through the birth canal? It, it was as sensitive as a clit. That would be excruciating. As it is, you know, you're getting torn up and it is already hurting as much as it is. But imagine if, if your birth canal, where you're pushing the baby out. Yeah, I mean, that would, I think we would all pass out. <laughs> and... The baby just wouldn't come out, right? You'd be like, I'm done. Like, let me pass out. 
But yeah, so um, the cervix at the top of the vagina moves and changes shape throughout the cycle. So before and after the fertile window, um, the cervix is low and can be felt in the vagina with a firm texture and the hole in the center of the cervix is closed. Now, during the fertile window, which is basically the time during your menstrual cycle where it's easier for you to get pregnant, the hole in the cervix opens to facilitate the entrance of sperm into the uterus. The cervix rises higher in the vagina and is softer when touched. Also, the vagina is supposed to be able to take on almost any penis size as long as it's properly aroused and doesn't suffer from vaginismus. So uh, for those of you that don't know, vaginismus is a condition involving a muscle spasm in the pelvic floor, muscles. It can make it painful, difficult, or impossible to have sexual intercourse, or to undergo a gynecological exam, or to even insert a tampon. Um, but generally, if you don't suffer from vaginismus, you should be able to take on almost any penis size. Um, but of course, objects, yeah, or like any <laughs> objects as well. Um, but there are exceptional cases. If it can't take on a penis, it's pro or like any object, it's probably because it's not lubricated enough, or your vagina is simply not big enough to take on the object or the penis, uh, especially if the person has a big dick. Um, yeah, and have like some monster dick, like when they <laughs> drop their trousers and you're like, holy shit, no. And you're like, fuck no, I'm walking out. Have you, know? have you ever had that? Um, thankfully not, because that would be really d disappointing. Like when you're aroused and then you, and then you see it's too big and you know, like that's going to kill me. Um, that would no be, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually thought that I had vaginismus. Um, you know, when, when uh, the first few times that I tried having sex, I thought, uh, it, it just couldn't go in and, and I thought that something was wrong. So the first thing I did was check Google, obviously, and Google tells you, oh yeah, vaginismus and all that, which is actually not true. Um, so I ended up going to the guy and, and, you know, just checking what was wrong and it was just a simple case of not being aroused enough. Like I wasn't actually lubricated enough to be able to, um, open up and, and, and you know, take it out while I'm talking as if it's like a consumption of penis. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I mean, you know, that, that, and that's why it's really important to understand sexual health and, and what your body looks like and, and how it works because otherwise you would get all these ideas. Like something is so wrong with you when actually it's not. It's just, you know, it's a, a different approach to whatever you used to be doing. Um, and, and we find that you know, with vaginismus as well, like, uh, um, like we've heard stories where um, this people is the case. Never had sex yeah, before. people that have never had sex before, and then when they finally do, like maybe they're saving themselves for marriage, and then they, you know, on their honeymoon, you, they do the deed, and because it, they've never had any exposure to this kind of thing before, um, then they Just kind of seize up. Extra yeah. Difficult. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost as if it's like, yeah, it's almost as if it's sealed, shut, and like, nope, nothing can go in there. But it's it's really just, you know, it, it takes a bit of time. Um, it takes a bit of experience as well. And and, and equipping yourself with knowledge. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So this is why we're here to help you with that. So um, moving on to arousal and orgasm. 
So now that we understand the anatomy of the female genitals, or at least the parts that largely contribute to our sexual pleasure, what happens to them when we're aroused and when we orgasm? First, when a person with female genitals is sexually aroused, increased blood flow is directed to its genitals, causing the genitals to become swollen with blood. This is actually the same thing that happens to penises. Um, the clit in particular swells by 50% to 300% when aroused, and the arms curl around like a hug. The closer it draws to orgasm, the more it increases in size. Other than swelling, the genitals moisten with arousal fluid that is produced by your genital glands. Arousal fluid is the lubrication that prevents vaginal penetration from being painful, especially during the phases of your menstrual cycle, when you don't produce much cervical fluid. Now, it's important to note here that being wet um, alone is not an indicator of being sufficiently aroused. On a daily basis, you will notice that it's normal to wet your underwear, even though you're not aroused. And, and I think you know, some of us experience this when you take off your underwear and you see ah, there's some liquid there. Um, it's not necessarily um, arousal fluid. About one half to one teaspoon of white or clear, mostly odorless mucus-like discharge is secreted daily. And that's actually cervical fluid, not arousal fluid. And your body produces less estrogen at the beginning and at the end of the menstrual cycle, so your vagina can feel a bit drier at these times, especially when you're not secreting enough arousal fluid. Just because you're mentally aroused doesn't mean that you're sufficiently aroused and you may mistake cervical fluid as an indicator of being wet enough. So if you experience vaginal dryness, have some lubrication ready. Yes, it's it's so, so important to, to, to be lubricated as well to prevent any tears that may happen because that may happen because of uh, penetration like if you're dry there's a possibility that you have you know micro lesions uh, within your vagina and you're not even aware of it and that leads you know to an increased risk of potentially catching an STI mm -hmm. yeah. so lubricate super important yeah so next what happens uh, also is during sexual arousal, the vagina expands by lengthening and widening in shape. So this is called vaginal tenting and ballooning. And this happens because the uterus and cervix are drawn higher into the pelvis, which creates more space for penile penetration and moves the cervix farther away from any semen that is ejaculated into the vagina. So this allows time for the semen to mix with female genital fluids stimulating the sperm to undergo the physical changes it needs to to fertilize an egg. There's also involuntary rhythmic contractions, also known as orgasms. Um, and we've all heard about the infamous G-spot orgasms, mm. and some of us have wondered if it does exist. So, here's the deal. G-spot orgasms and penetrative orgasms are actually clitoral orgasms. So the G-spot became sensationalized back in the 80s, and we've learned since then that when someone experiences a G-spot orgasm, what they're actually feeling are sensations that occur within the internal shafts of the clitoral structure. Um, that's why some women prefer vaginal penetration mm. more than others, while others prefer external touch. One way is not better than another way. It's just really about exploring the possibilities to find out what you like the best. Mm -hmm. And um, when an orgasm happens, when you climax, the muscles in the vagina, the anus and the uterus experience involuntarily rhythmic contractions around 0.8 seconds apart. <laughs> um, a clitoral orgasm can bring about anywhere between 3 
and 16 contractions. God damn, 16 contractions. <laughs> and can last from 10 to 30 seconds. But that doesn't include the fact that many women have multiple orgasms that can include pelvic contractions. So, you know, that's, that's pretty good when you have that because that just means you feel even better. Um, some sex educators have compared and contrasted male and female orgasm and have concluded that even the most average clitoral orgasm lasts longer than even the best ever most fantastic male <laughs> orgasm. So I, I don't know about you guys, but I know like when I climax the same time as a guy does, um, and then you know can see it on his face, he's like he's having his orgasm, and then it's yeah. brief and he's done. And then <laughs> I'm still having my orgasm because I'm still feeling it through all all throughout my body, and it's like yeah, I'm still feeling good. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that doesn't happen very often for me though. I think. It, I take a lot of time to orgasm. Like it, it takes a, a lot longer. Like I think with with or you know from from previous experience, um, you know my partners are always like they're a lot faster. Like you know twenty thirty minutes, <laughs> one hour max. I don't know, but for me it's just it's it's insane. It, it takes a lot of patience, and and I think what's important to note here is that that's fine. That's normal. Um, you know, if you take a very long time to get to it, that there's nothing wrong with that, actually. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, on a side note, uh, this is where we're actually going to have another episode talking about self-pleasure to understand what yeah. really helps you get closer to that big O. Woo! Yeah. So, yeah, back to, you know, the female genitals um, and the orgasm. So, wi most women do not have a refractory period, which is the recovery period. Um, and, and this is what men have. Um, and we can have further orgasms if stimulated again. So which means we don't have to like wait five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, half an hour, an hour, a day before we can have another orgasm. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's as and when we feel like having an orgasm, we can orgasm. Um, and so while we're at it, Let's get two things clear. Not everyone experiences orgasm during penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. And not all, all orgasms look like the ones that happen in porn. Mm. Porn is made largely for the male gaze. And many do not reflect what actually happens. It's always the us and the sexy moans. Uh. But some people make weird <laughs> faces. I do, yeah. When when you know, I, I start to get ticklish and I start laughing, which is really odd to some people. Like when you know when I'm trying to get there, it's like, ah, stop, stop, <laughs> and it, it it it's just really weird for some people who are not used to me. Yeah, I mean, if you have uh, have uh, you know similar experiences as well, do share with us, or you know, even an entirely different experience of yeah. what it's like for you when you have an orgasm. We share. would we would really like to hear stories. Uh, I mean, if you're comfortable sharing, you you, you can yeah, you can share anonymously. That's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. So that's it about your vagina. Um, we hope this has been truly educational for you and that you share this episode with your friends and family that could benefit from this information that we shared here. If you had feedback, we'd love to hear from you. We'll share how we can communicate, uh, how you can communicate with us in the show notes. Yes. And, I, and, and, you know, as we said earlier, try to do that exercise where, you know, you take a mirror 
and you just have a look at it. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, for, for many people, actually, you have to be super flexible to look at it, you know, and, and, and bend and do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that. It's okay. Yeah, you know, our, we, we don't have dicks, you know, so it's not like it's out there. <laughs> um, take that mirror. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. Or take <laughs> Get to know your body better. Yeah. Take a, take a picture of it, but don't send it to us. <laughs> yeah, just keep it to yourself. Yes. And like, oh, don't forget okay. to delete it after, ladies. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. That's um, all for today for this episode. Yes. Right. Um, Look forward to our next one, um, which is going to be about masturbation. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm Maria. And I'm Cynthia. And this is That's, That's What She Said, said Asia. Asia.